Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour 2 of 2, 10.03, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter. Is this the junior sale, uh, 30 for 30, that's on right now? Oh, yeah, it is. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, yeah. How was it? It's sad, man. It's really good, but it's I'm, sad. I'm recording it. I think this is the one I'm recording uh, right now. Yeah, Junior Seau was the man. Like, everybody loved Junior Seau. That's what know? I'm saying. It, it's uh, Those 30 for 30s, man, they, they hit you right in the feelings. They you know, do. I, I don't like, All the time. I don't know if I like getting emotional like that. Un- unless it's like a real like self-serving 30 for 30. Like, I thought Deion, like, I love Deion Sanders. Yeah, I thought yeah. the Deion one was a little like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I think the Chad yeah, Johnson one was okay, too. Chad Johnson got a 30 for 30? Oh, yeah. Or a football life or something like that. How, okay, okay, okay. Where does Chad Johnson go in the, the pantheon of great NFL receivers? Jesse, I want you to get involved in this, too, because I know this is you know right down your alley with, with all the stats and stuff. So I think Chad Johnson is one of the quickest receivers that's ever played. I think his route running, I think he's one of the best route runners. Route, I that, think he, he, he might be the best, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. we'll, have to, <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll have to dig so, into that. So, is he, should he be in that conversation of Randy Moss, of T.O., of Larry Fitzgerald? Because that's another guy that we don't put in that conversation enough is Larry Fitzgerald. And that's a crime because he is absolutely phenomenal. But Ocho Cinco, is Ocho a, is he a Hall of Famer, Jesse? Uh, see, <laughs> see, that's a no. Uh, if you have to think about, like, it's one of those things. Like, uh, he is great. Like, he is great. He's he's he has a great attitude, you know, or not a great attitude, but he has a great personality. Yeah, things that just kind of shine through. He's a reality star. Like, Chad was super funny, but I think he was funnier than he was good. Really, I think he was good, but I think a lot of it was just like, uh. It's one of those things where the how much did any of those numbers mean for anything? Um, you know, nobody ever thinks back. And it, like, like all you can think about it was all right. Well, for like two, three years, like Carson Palmer, T.J. Husmanzada, Chad Ochocinco. Wow, they were pretty fun to watch. But I also remember like thinking. So this is part of what it is for me as well. Is I remember reading a sports um, a Sports Illustrated article about how um, 
all three of those guys went down to Colts practice to watch how Manning and Harrison and Wayne were doing what they were doing because they wanted to try to emulate it. And so they were trying to emulate the greats. I don't necessarily think greats try to emulate the greats. I think they try to do their own thing. So that's kind of in the back of my head that they they were really good, but I don't think they were great. Okay. I like to – I'm thinking when I think Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco – I think of the fact that don't get me wrong, it, all the off-field stuff is is, you know, I think we almost dive too deep into the off-field stuff rather than keep it to the on-field stuff, right? I'm talking about production as just you look at a guy, right? And if you have a receiver who will tell a defensive back, he's gonna look at him and say, "I'm going to run the slant. Try to stop me," right? That. I think that's unbelievable, right? Just being a football guy because absolutely that's, that's the point of being the offensive player is that you know what you're going to do and the defensive guy has to react. But if you're telling him, listen, I'm about to run a slant, and I get it, people are probably like, oh, he's going to lie to me and then I'm going to jump it, whatever. But the fact that he actually did it, come on, man. And it's just, I think he made, I think he made football that much better. Just like I think Deion Sanders did, in a way. Because just you come in with this swag, this attitude, and then you back it up with your play because let's let's not take it away from him. Chad Johnson was a freak, man. He was a great receiver. Chad Granted, Johnson. I don't know if the Bengals really did anything. I don't know if they took that next step. And I and people always argue that receivers won't take you to that next step or that next level. But man, I'm just talking about individual play. I ha- you. I feel like you have to put him up there with one of the best. Uh, do you have like a, a guy like Andre Johnson as a Hall of Famer? I. I uh, see, see, there we go. This yeah. is to me, they are the exact same type okay. of guy. Yeah. And so, like Andre Johnson, prolific. Every the only thing Houston ever has, right? Mm-hmm. So all the Black Johnsons are the same, huh? Jesse, no, I'm just is that saying. saying? It, it's, to, it's to me, they are <laughs> like they were really good receivers. They were the best player on a really bad team. Yeah. What, does that make them a Hall of Famer? Probably. Well, not. I mean, I, as far as Andre Johnson, like. Um, he played more years, but he um, he had – Chad was a better receiver than Andre Johnson. Sure, but at, you know. at the same time, when you're looking at Hall of Fame, a big part of being a Hall of Famer is how long was your career. True. Yeah. And no. how long was your – see, that's the so thing. So Chad, like, Chad played 10 years. Andre Johnson played for 12 right around there. So that's a, that's a pretty solid NFL it, it is. You know, career, especially as a wide receiver – you lose a step by year mm-hmm. seven, you know, year something like that. And so for Chad to play ten, he was great. Like Chad Johnson was one of the one one of the great wide receivers. But, but but when you put that against a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, the guy who just won't go away, catches every ball. Like he's not flashy like a guy like Chad Johnson, but he is more reliable than Chad Johnson. He's a better teammate than Chad Johnson. He has a longer career than Chad Johnson. And I think in every way, he is obviously a Hall of Fame over a guy like Chad Johnson. And that's the type of things that you have to go. Was he a really, really good player or was he a Hall of Fame player? And that's when you have to, like, take other guys from that era and compare. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, we've had this conversation about, like, Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas. Neither are Hall of Famers. And, New, pa- no. and a big part of that is... New New England Patriot, Demarius yeah, Thomas. Yeah. And, and who knows? Maybe he goes on and plays with Tom Brady and becomes a Hall of Famer after that. But he had a a three-year arc in his career where it looked like Hall of Fame caliber player, but he didn't finish it. And that's that's what I'm saying. Chad Johnson kind of had a three-year arc where he looked really good, 
but I don't think he was great. But much like career. much like Demarius, you know, Chad, and we we got way off course, so we'll we'll get back on get the rails back on. <laughs> soon. But mun, unlike Chad or you know Demarius, man, Chad never had a like Carson Palmer was a very good a very good quarterback, and you know at a point, but Carson Palmer was often hurt, and so Chad had a whole bunch of different quarterbacks to throw to him. Demarius Thomas had three, two seasons where he got to play with Peyton Manning. And one of those seasons, they broke every record he played in football. With, uh, Demarius Thomas played with Jay Cutler, Peyton Manning. Um, he played with and me, you and me uh, are the only people Osweiler. That... He played Trash. with, uh, I mean, God, how, how many? But you and me. Many, he played with three different quarterbacks, four different quarterbacks the last two seasons yeah, alone. So, so he's played with seven quarterbacks over his entire career. No, that's 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 kind of the point. And outside of all the one of those guys is great, you know, and Peyton Manning, you know. And so you kind of look at Chad. Chad got to play with Brady for a bit, but he couldn't understand the playbook and was like, yeah, we're good. I can't but, do this. But then again, I'll go back to the Larry Fitzgerald. Who the heck has been throwing the ball to Larry Fitzgerald? No, that's why Larry career. Fitzgerald is in that conversation. Oh, why yeah, he's, he, and, should, and he should clearly be in that conversation. A Hall of Famer, like, elevates himself above everything. Like, And, and, and that's what's crazy about, like, the wide receiver position in, in Larry Fitzgerald because it is so dependent on having a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? You can be great. You have a bad quarterback. You're obviously going to suffer. Larry Fitzgerald... I mean, sure, he had a he had a kind of a worn out Kurt Warner throwing the ball. He had a worn out Carson Palmer throwing him on the ball. Like all the quarterbacks, he's never had a truly great quarterback in his prime. Yet he is one of the top three receivers of all time. Absolutely, well, top top four. I don't think he's better than Randy or To. I I don't know because you you have to factor in everything. Is he as prolific and explosive as Randy? No, but in every aspect, I would say it like he's. Uh, a better route runner. He he he's one of the he's probably the best if outside of um, Jerry Rice to catch the ball. Like I, I the the things that he does technically, I think we're better than Amos. But we're getting off topic even more. Yeah. Well, that went left, way left. We were supposed <laughs> to talk about basketball, but yet and still we came up talking about football. But it's good because we love football. Football Sunday should be coming back here in August, so we'll get an opportunity to talk way way more than that. Uh. Speaking of football, you know what? Let's stay there. We talked enough basketball for a while. Jesse, do me a favor. Can you fire up West Coast Bias for the next uh, segment for us? Somebody got paid earlier this week, and I think it was the best thing in the world for that franchise. We're going to tackle that when we come back here next on Sports Center. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Man, that music sounds good, bro. It's It's been a while since we've done some West Coast Bias. If you know this music, then you've obviously listened to Football Sunday. This is our deep dive into uh, things happening here on the West Coast or West Coast-ish we like to talk about our uh, teams from uh, the NFC West, from the AFC West, and things like that. So we just like to keep it real, real West Coast over here, throw up the W's over here. But um, something happened to uh, a team that people here in Portland are very, very familiar with, a lot of fans from for this franchise, and that is uh, the loved but hated Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the loved I mean, but no, hated. seriously, the Seahawks, you have, you're, you're one of two sides. Either yeah. you love the Seahawks or you can't stand them. Like, yeah. forget the Seahawks. It's one of those two things. But for the people that love them, 
they are they are they're definitely the twelves. You know, they 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 ride and die for their team. For people to hate them, they were definitely hoping this whole deal went south because Russell Wilson made a put a mandate out and said, if I don't get a deal mm-hmm. by April fifteenth, tax day, then I'm not coming back to play for you guys. Not only that, I'm 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 not going to be a Seahawk anymore. Basically, yeah. is what he what he told the franchise, and. It came down to like the last, you know, the, the 25th hour, it looked like. And they came through with the deal at like 3 o'clock in the morning. My bleacher report went off yeah. at like 3.30 saying that the Russell Wilson deal had went through. And then him and Sierra put out a pretty, uh, I don't want to call it risque because I think that's, you know, I don't <laughs> think that's fair. That, but was, that was interesting. A little, you know, laying in bed, you know, clearly just had some celebratory sex <laughs> and just laid in bed and Russ, you know, announced that you know, a real – Real different. Like, I wasn't yeah, used to was, Russ sounding yeah. this way. He was like, oh, yeah, got the <laughs> deal done. Seattle, we back. He said something to that. Yeah. Of like, man, who is this guy He laid in bed talking? with all, all them chains on. Yeah, all those chains and everything. It's like, who is this guy, man? I'm like, dog, it's 3 a.m. Yeah, Russ got paid and put on chains and said, man, I'm out here for the money now. But uh, you've got to like the, the the move that Seattle made. Yeah. You know, they've. They were kind of bluffing for a while, which was weird to the rest of the NFL. I think there were 31 other teams going, you're you're really bluffing with this guy? Because make no mistake about it, Russell Wilson isn't just one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's one of the best players yeah. you know, in the NFL. Yeah. Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is a top top four, top five quarterback in the NFL. Oh, I mean, you, you look at you look at guys that do I, I used to love Brady. I, you know, I'm a big Patriots fan. Brady is my guy. But I love the fact that for a lot of Brady's career, he did a lot with not a whole bunch of mm-hmm. talent. Up until he got Randy Moss and he eventually got a Gronkowski and mm-hmm. some Wes Welkers in there in between, you know, he never really had a great receiver, a great tight end uh, to get the ball to and still made things happen. I look at Russell Wilson and I see the fact that he has an offensive line that often gets him killed. Yeah. He has tight ends that can't figure out if they want to be tight ends or receivers. Uh, he has really being we're being a legit oh, one good receiver, and he's a he's really a number two. You know, yeah, we can yeah, say yeah. whatever we want to about Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin is a really really good NFL player. He's a, a, a number two receiver at best, but still, he makes things happen. And yet and still, Russell Wilson finds himself in the playoffs almost every year. Yeah, he finds himself as the the Seahawks are supposed to be out of the AFC West or the NFC West. Excuse me, we. Mm. Knew for a fact that they were going to lose. San Francisco had just gotten Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, all these teams had improved. The Rams became the Rams all of a sudden. So there was no way that the Seahawks, with losing all those members of the Legion of Boom, they were going to be able to retool and come back. And what do you know? Russell Wilson uh, played his butt off and ended up earning himself a hundred and forty million dollar extension with sixty five million of that in a signing bonus that he gets right up front. And man. See how Seattle's got their their guy for the next four years. Well, good they they should have because I don't understand why they even bluffed like that. Like you said, the other the other NFL teams didn't even know. I didn't even know. I was like, what is what are you guys doing? Like, just imagine the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. You can't. No, you right? can't. You're like, okay, well, there's Doug Baldwin and uh, question mark question mark question mark. There's nobody right and. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you have a guy who finds ways to win, that's how I always, you know, I always judge either teams or players is that if they find ways like a quarterback, if he finds a way to win, right? It, I think that's why a lot of people like Aaron Rodgers is because, right, it's end of the game. He's going to find a way to escape the pocket, bomb the ball downfield, and then his receiver comes down with it. 
but he just finds ways to win. And that's the same thing with Russell Wilson because there's talent to talent. There's no reason why they should be in the playoffs. No, no, absolutely. All their talent, all the talent for the Seahawks. And mind you, it it should be noted that that Chris Carson uh, was very good, you know, this year. Uh, Rashad Penny was okay, you know, this year. But Russell Wilson was really the energy, the, the thing that kept this team going. But the defense lost a lot of players, but still were able to kind of put out some pretty good defensive players. You know, mm-hmm. Frank Clark, one of the best, you know, one of the best defenders in all of the NFL, you know, this year is one of the league leaders in sacks. You still got Bobby Wagner, who does Bobby Wagner-like things. You know, K.J. Wright, some of that, you know, that, that core of the Legion of Boom mm-hmm. is still there, you know. Yeah. But – they are a much different team than than we're used to seeing. But I think the reason people are buying tickets still is you want to see what number three can do. Yeah. Like he's much like Aaron Rodgers in the sense to where he gets in trouble. He starts moving with his legs and he starts getting outside of the pocket and he just makes something happen. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson very seldom makes huge mistakes. Yeah. We can point at that mistake in the Super Bowl of the throwing the slant and everything, which I mean, they run that play quite often mm-hmm. on the goal line, nine times out of ten it worked. That yeah. was the tenth time. If it that, works, you're it a genius. Work. If it doesn't, you know you're and, a clown. and you know you're you're a clown. So uh, I think Russ is is one of those guys that now he has to come out and continue to prove that he's worth all the money. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he re- him and you know you think of someone like him and Drew Brees, right? Like those not typical style quarterbacks with you know the size, maybe the arm, whatever that is. They just find ways to win, and and that's why I like Russell Wilson a lot is because he gives other guys opportunities. And other NFL, you know, like a Kyler Murray, right? Like Kyler Murray coming out of the draft, say Russell Wilson isn't there. People are going to say, no, he's too short. We don't want running backs who can run around or, excuse me, a quarterback that can run around left and right, whatever. But he just finds time to buy him. He just finds basically the right play to be made. And you're right. He makes a lot of mistakes. But you put the mistakes up against the big plays that he makes. Come on, like you take it. Like that's why I say you take them off the Seahawks and they're nobodies again. Yeah, now, all and, these quarterbacks though, all, like it, you, you can name off just great quarterback and great quarterback and great quarterback that makes mistakes, and that's part of actually what makes them great. When you think of Brett Favre, mm-hmm. like what what's one of those records that he holds that you know typically you don't think of of a great quarterback? Most interceptions thrown by a quarterback right all time, but. He's also known to be one of the great quarterbacks of all time as well because he was known to be a gunslinger and sling it around. Russell Wilson is just so unique and so dynamic in the fact that he can move around in the pocket. He's athletic, his ability to rush, but as he's matured, he's decided to use that athleticism and that speed to instead just extend his ability in the passing game, which is a lot of what what you get from a guy like Aaron Rodgers, the thing is, is what makes Russell Russell Wilson, I think, even more special is Russell Wilson's so dynamic now and so good at avoiding taking the big hits because he took a few early in his career. He had ankle issues early in his career, and he started becoming a smarter player. And every year he's gotten better and better, and he is definitely on that Hall of Fame arc the way he is. And you can't let a guy like that get out of the, out of the building. When mm-hmm. you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and you haven't what had one since Warren Moon, yeah. Like you you have to keep that guy in your building. Mm-hmm. For all of those reasons. He's just so special. He's you talk about a guy that elevates the play of the entire team. Like you you your defense is inspired by his play. 
Like he's just he's just a, a phenomenal special top five talent. Yeah, absolutely he is. And uh, we got some messages here on the Better You Today text line. Uh, Russ needed more cash from ML for MLB to Portland. I like uh, that idea. He's hey, right. Man, you know, you get a hundred, give up a hundred something million to bring baseball to Portland. I'd be with it, Russ. Man, mm-hmm. thank you so much for that. Uh, Seahawks without Wilson, lots of Matt Flynn and Seneca Wallace. That's pretty much what it's been. Yeah. Anybody remember Matt Flynn, the guy, the guy who came from Green Bay and got a big deal? With yeah. the Seahawks, and then found out that wait a minute, this Russell Wilson guy <laughs> can actually kind of play a little bit. Who knew? So yeah, I think the the they ponied up, which they should have. Uh, I think if you're Russell Wilson, you've been a team guy. You've been uh, somebody who's really been above a lot of the jealousy and a lot of the um, the negativity that's kind of come with being the quarterback of the Seahawks. You know, he had his own teammates that were saying he was soft or saying he was yeah. a sellout or saying whatever. And I think that's unfair for Russell Wilson. He's a he's a guy who, you know, he's just himself. And, you know, I can tell you as a black man, like there's no one way to be black. You know, yeah. there's there's you can have a bunch of different interests and you can talk a little differently or, you know, if you're proper, then you're soft and all type of little weird stuff like that. And I've had to deal with that uh, myself from time. So yeah. uh, I kind of oh, understand I what too. Russell, yeah, 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 I so. do too all the time, especially, you know, being a college football player, you get a lot of these kids that are, I mean, everybody's from all over, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't act like them, they're gonna right, they're gonna call you different, call you weird, call you crazy, say you're soft, whatever. But at the end of the day, right? If you're looking at it, like I said, what does Russell Wilson have that everyone who hates on him doesn't? He has, Sierra. He has Sierra. <laughs> he has it's number one. He has all. Have you that seen money. her dance, bro? Yes. Yeah. Trust me. Look at the yes. go watch the ride at video. That's all I'm gonna tell you guys. <laughs> Go watch the riot at video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's why Andy wins, and he has a Super Bowl. Look, right? girl, I got a smile over here in the corner. She's just smiling because she's seen the riot at video. She knows what it looks like or whatever. Okay, coming up next, man, we got hated or love it. This is this be Marcus's first time playing, so yeah. I'm going to explain to him the rules. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means hate it or love it. Haha, so points for me. That's there we go. So it's real easy. Jesse will ask us a question. Um, I'll let you start and he'll ask if you hate it or love it, and then you just give your reasons why. It's Mario themed points. Um, so if you get this sound, you get a point. Um, and then when you hear this sound, you know you got about 15 seconds left. And there we go. First person, <laughs> whoever has the most points by the end of uh, the session wins. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Um, let's start off with something a little little simple here um let's go with the blazers i haven't talked about them in a few segments here and uh we got a game four coming on tonight i don't know if you guys have heard but uh they're leading the series two to one uh somebody let me know uh however they are coming off a 12 point loss not necessarily Mm. a great thing uh and the oklahoma city thunders um ryan westbrook led all scores in that last game after everybody was talking about how his game doesn't translate to the NBA anymore. At least that's Colin Cowherd's take on everything, right? Uh, Love or hate, a Blazer will lead all scores in game four. I love it. 
I love it because after after what Dennis Schroeder did to Damian Lillard, I have no doubt in my mind that Dame is really going to come out and try and make a statement. And the fact that him and Westbrook just keep going and going and going, man, I just see. I I there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to come out and make a statement and really show Russ why he's the better point guard. Uh, man, I uh shoot. I, I love it as well. Um, I, I don't know if it – I think it'll be either Dame or CJ. Uh, CJ has been really, really good in the playoffs so far. Um, CJ just needs an opportunity to really shoot more. He's one of the best in the world at that mid-range jump shot. And right now, CJ's the only one with the mismatch. Like, there's nobody of significance really guarding CJ like that. Now, OKC has a lot of great defenders, but um, CJ McCollum has better offense than anybody on OKC's defense, so I can definitely see him, him coming out and having one of those 30-point nights that he had. But Damian Lillard, I totally agree with you, Marcus, in the sense that he's going to be ready for this game. Dennis Schroeder did a great job of bottling him up in the first quarter and in the second quarter, and then he really, you know, just uh, uh, didn't allow Dame to do much. But I think that whole conversation with him and Westbrook, you're going to see a really, mm -hmm. really inspired Damian Lillard tonight. All right, moving on to uh, topic number two. Um, let's uh, let's go to I, I brought up Colin Cowherd earlier in that last little little topic, and he kind of had some interesting statements to say about the Philadelphia 76ers oh, this geez. last week. I don't know if you guys listen at all. I know you have to. You know, you're in you're in a, a school at, at Reynolds High School during the week, so you don't get a. I get a to chance to listen to Colin on my way in, though. All yeah. right, so uh, uh, this week he kind of had the um, interest. He's been talking about the 76ers probably going to go through some coaching changes. We'll see, but he also thinks that maybe they need to make some player changes as well and possibly move Joel Embiid in the offseason and start building around Ben Simmons because Joel Embiid does not shoot the three-pointer and he does not get the ball to three-pointers. Love or hate? Joel, the 76ers should be building around Simmons, not Embiid. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. It just Joel Embiid's a great player. It's just I think the thing with that's been holding him back is the fact that he can't stay healthy and I think that's been a problem throughout his whole career, not just in uh, the NBA, but in college. I know he was hurt uh, right before the draft, and then from there he wasn't able to come out. Um, and he had, I'm pretty sure he had to sit out his, his first season. Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, he's a great player. I think he provides Philadelphia with something that they wouldn't have, which is a presence inside. If you trade him away, you're going to maybe be like every other NBA team and keep shopping around, but... Who are you going to pick up in this offseason that's really going to make as big of a difference as, you know, Joel Embiid? Yeah, I absolutely, you know, hate Cal Hurd's uh, take on trading Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is one of the most versatile big men in all of the NBA. Uh, he can't shoot. He can shoot threes. He can't actually step out there and knock down that uh, that three from the top of the key. He's also somebody that even when he's not healthy is still going to be able to give you uh, 20 and and 15. We saw that in game uh, two where he didn't even really play uh, that well. Embiid is somebody that you can definitely he's a cornerstone. He's a guy that you build a team around because there aren't a lot of dy uh, dynamic and, and powerful big man in the NBA right now. They're either you're powerful and not that skilled or you're super skilled like Enos Cantor and you can't do anything differently. Man, Joel Embiid is a great encompass of all that stuff. And then right now, you've got Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a great young player. He still can't shoot the ball. And if you're going to be the leader of some type of team, right now, oh, Joel Embiid's a much better shooter than Ben Simmons is. That's for sure. 
Yeah, that that Simmons one. That, that's where Colin Colin lost me. Where uh, yeah, Simmons he, might be great, but he can't shoot the three. He can get it to the three point shooters. I'm pretty sure Colin can, just be saying stuff a lot of the time, man. Dude, you know, man you, you don't believe get, that. You can get the ball to shooters if you're a center. I, ben literally cannot shoot the three in a league that needs to shoot threes. All right. Um, final round here. The Lakers are, can the we Lakers. say a mess? The Lakers. Wow. What what happened to the mighty, mighty Lakers? We see it like we used to see these guys permanently in the uh, NBA finals. Now they are kind of turning into the Browns of the NBA or or they're just reverting to what the L.A. Clippers used to be. Um, Magic Johnson left unexpectedly. They got up. Uh, well, it's kind of hard to decide whether or not Walt Luke Walton was fired or whether he just they came to a compromise to leave so he could go to Sacramento. Your coach wanted to go to Sacramento and not stay with the Lakers. That's kind of telling you where the Lakers are. Now you got let's say uh, who um, now now you have Tyron Lue kind of skulking around, interviewing LeBron James's guy. Got fired after like twenty five games yeah. this last season without LeBron. Kind of probably gonna be the Lakers' next head coach. Love or hate. Tyron Lue will not only be the Lakers' next head coach, but that will help chase off free agents in the offseason. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I I hate that. Because I really think that Tyron Lue, and here's the thing, don't get me wrong, I'm the biggest LeBron James fan out of everybody. I I, I can promise you that. But after the season and seeing what not what he alone did, but it's the fact that Magic Johnson was really like he openly basically put everybody on the roster saying that nobody is safe. That's not going to build your roster by any means. And so I like, I think I like the idea of having Tyron Lue just being, being kind of there, but not, not coaching. I, that's, I feel like that at this point, if you have LeBron, that's what you have to have a coach as is a guy who's going to be there, agree with him or yeah, even if you, even if he disagrees with him, I don't think he's going to take it to a step like, like, uh, Luke Walton did, and you could just tell that LeBron wasn't happy with that. So, you know, I don't know if I actually said I love it or hate it, but you know, I like the idea of Tyron Lue being the coach. All right, what was the, what was the what was the question? Not all, uh, Tyron Lue will be the LA Lakers' next head coach, and not only that, he's going to chase off free agents in the off season. Oh man, love that man! Ty- Tyron Lue is going to be the next Lakers head coach. Why? Because Tyrone Lue is LeBron James' guy. LeBron wanted him the first time in Cleveland, and they fired David Blatt, who was the lead, who won the most games in the NBA at that point and got them all the way to the finals. Uh, now, mind you, we got to give Coach Lue some credit because, the, remember, Cavaliers were down three games to one. He coached them back. Whether Whatever you want to say, man, LeBron's skill, him as a coach, he was able to get them back in position to win an NBA championship. But... Uh, I'm going to give a lot of uh, cr- uh, a lot of credit for this whole disaster to Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka, the the GM of the Lakers, man, did not do a great job as far as keeping that stuff in house. And you put all your young guys on the trading block again. It's like Marcus said, man, making sure that everybody knew that nobody was safe. So he has to get a lot of blame for that. The Lakers just overall are a disaster. They need to they need to start from the top to bottom. They haven't hired. A, this is where how how messed up they are. They haven't hired a new president or uh, or GM yet, but they they went out and going to get a new head coach. So you don't want to get somebody that they've actually picked by the person that's going to be in charge. That's how backwards the Lakers are. They're incredibly <laughs> desperate right now, and they want so much to be back in that position. But whenever you say anything about the Lakers, if 
if you're a Blazer fan, the first thing they say is, how many rings you got? Oh, man, good luck winning in the playoffs. Well, good luck getting to the playoffs, Lakers. <laughs> Love it. Uh, you know, that's one of your best. That was a good one. That was a good you know, one. It felt, like, I felt good. You better you save that, it. it felt good. It felt good like that. here in my, my tummy, bro. I liked it. Now, normally uh, normally what comes out is, is it's like he comes out really hot, and sometimes that last one, sometimes he'll fade. Yeah. Like, you did not fade in that last going, topic. Man. You came out like like swinging. And uh, I, you want to you know what else? Somebody just alluded to it. I've been trying to say this for a long time. Won't somebody blame Jerry Buss's kids for the Lakers dumpster fire. Man, listen, Dr. Jerry Buss was one of the premier figures of the of 1980s basketball, 1990s basketball. Man, there's nobody on the L.A. offices that make anybody go, oh, man, I want to play for that guy. I want to play for that girl. <laughs> Jeannie Buss, no. What was the other, the the Jimmy Buss for uh, him? Didn't he get fired? Yeah, by, by his Jeannie sister. Buss? Yeah, get out of here, man. So the Lakers don't have that cachet that they used to. The kids that, you know, grew up and like idolizing Kobe and stuff like that. Like they're always going to have some type of, you know, way of feeling about the Lakers because it's the, you know, it's the, it's the Lakers. Right. But right now this Lakers regime, nobody wants to play for them. Who are you? And yeah. nobody wants to play for with LeBron at this point. Uh, they're, they don't want to play with LeBron on space jam. Uh, yeah, I, no, I, I'm kind of with Rashad on this one. Uh, they don't want to yeah. listen. I love LeBron. I'm with you, but people don't want to be in Space Jam with LeBron. That's how overbearing he is. Like in a movie about basketball, where you're playing cartoon characters, people are like, "No, nah, I'm good. We're good." <laughs> listen, I think I think we need to put a lot of it though. Yes, put it on LeBron. Like I said, this season it showed me because usually I always defend him. I'm like, listen, he's not that big of a uh, of a problem to be around, right? He just wants to win like the next guy. But at this point, you're right. I think he got caught up in the L.A. hype, right? And then he goes down. But at one point, the Lakers are sitting at the fourth seed. I know it was early in the season. He missed the quarter of the season. With yeah, some, that's fair with to say. Injuries, 17 games. With some injuries that happened. But, you know, I put a lot of it on Magic Johnson, too, because I'm just like, Magic, what are, what were you doing, man? Like, you're you're openly well, saying. smoking cigars. Yeah, you're like, I'm trying to basically trade He's, everyone listen, for Anthony Davis. The dude's name is Magic, baby. <laughs> what <laughs> but, you mean? They'll call him Irvin? LeBron wanted him to do that you know lebron hey, wanted him we to never do know that. until i see you a statement know. saying LeBron. this whole thing was <laughs> this whole thing was lebron from getting right rondo from getting lance from getting lance stevenson this whole thing was these are the guys that i want to play with how can we do that i got some young guys we'll try to get them in there the young guys didn't win when he was out and he was like i need all these dudes gone for anthony davis like, right now what's happening in la is just a so every Every time LeBron, so LeBron leaves Cleveland, goes to Miami. You know he builds his sec his secret super team during the season, right? So when they come together in the off season, it's already pre built. And then he starts meddling with that team a little bit more. Comes back to Cleveland, medals, medals, medals. Gets some coaches fired. Gets some players fired. Bring in some more players. Then this whole time. All these, like, he'll bring in a guy like Chris Brosh, who is who is literally like an all NBA caliber player. He's a nice player with LeBron. But, he gets a, a ring, but he is no longer that super. But you just all, and you just said the main thing. He got the ring, yes. But, but, like but, all this but, is gonna be it's bad now, but in two years when Anthony Davis is there and they're the Warriors have disintegrated because everybody's gone in free agency and done man. And LeBron's gonna be two years older and dealing with a groin injury every year. And Anthony Davis, and guess what? I just brought up Chris Brosh for a reason. Anthony Davis is not the type of player that works great with a guy well, like LeBron James. Kevin Love was not the same player with LeBron James. So you think of this guy and Anthony Davis, Chris Brosh 
Kevin Love, they were they were good players still, but they weren't the guys. You're not going to look at Anthony Davis and be like, wow, that's the same guy that was in New Orleans. So do we know who won yet? Oh, you did, by the way. Ha <laughs> ha. Woo. Okay, Sorry. when we come back, let's. F- There's a conversation that Marcus was having that we didn't get to have, and Boston is playing now, so we should definitely talk about that. Uh, do you trust the Celtics? I think I can. You no, think you can't, but we're going to talk not. about that next right here on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I love this really, you know, inspirational music. Everybody sing along. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) There it is. Jesse, where you at, man? I thought you were going to start singing with me. Fix your face over here in the corner. Yeah. So, okay. So before we, we only have a few minutes left and the Celtics right now currently lead 36, 30 uh, with five 57 left to go in the second quarter over Indiana. Marcus, you're not so sold on Boston. And I want you to tell me why, because I think Boston is one of those teams that a lot of people think could potentially take down the Warriors. Yeah. I think, I think they have a lot of good pieces, right? I think they're deep and they have a lot of talent. They have some good shooters. Obviously they have Kyrie Irving, but it's just something about whether it's their their manage not management, but whether it's their their chemistry, the coaching, because everyone was super big on Brad Stevens, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Celtics hit a slump where they started losing some games. Guys started calling each other out. But you just look at the way they play and you just listening to Kyrie Irving talk, you're like, do these guys really even want to play with each other? Or is it more of, you know, basically we're on a roster, so we might as well do it. Because there's just something that's missing because They've added Gordon Hayward. They get him back. Man, this team is so deep with talent, but it's like, it just, it does, to me, it doesn't translate. Like, yeah. It doesn't translate on the floor. On paper, you're like, they could they could probably beat anybody, but it just doesn't translate on the floor in my mind. I think you, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I think the main part of it is uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I think Kyrie is one of those guys that has a major chip on his shoulder and wants to be known as the leader. Yeah, he wants yeah. to be known as the guy. He left a winning situation in Cleveland to be traded to no matter no didn't matter where he went, mm-hmm. uh, just so he could be the guy. The guy. Uh, so you left LeBron and mind you, Kyrie, who had never been in the playoffs, went to the finals four straight years, mm-hmm. and then decided I don't want to I don't want to play underneath LeBron. Let me get out of here. And his team, or he went for three straight years, excuse me, and then both the teams he played for end up playing in the conference finals without him. I think there's a lot of Kyrie that you know really wants to be you know that mamba mentality you know yeah. that everybody wants to be the icon you know everybody wants to be kobe but kobe almost left the lakers but understood this that's a chicago's a much worse situation mm-hmm. than la is right now so if yeah. i want to be traded that's probably not the place to go kyrie is considering going to to new york that lets you know about the type of of dude that he is he just wants to be the man as opposed to uh wanting to win however i heard you he might go this, to la there's a chance could play with lebron you know but I look at the Celtics team and say they're just they're just too deep. Mm-hmm. And the one thing the Celtics can do in the Eastern Conference is they can shoot. Yeah. Kyrie can shoot the three. Jason Tatum can shoot the three. Uh, Jalen Brown was uh, got busy the other night shooting the three. Obviously, Gordon Hayward is a nice all-around player that can shoot the three. They've got a bunch of guys that can do that. And then they play lockdown defense. They can beat you up inside. Like the Celtics are, in my opinion, the Eastern Conference team, they're the only one that could 
give the Warriors even a six-game series. Really? So, I mean, I think my, my money's on the Celtics. Kyrie is a big shot maker. He has some flat, flat earth issues, but he is a big shot maker, and he can go out there and light it up whenever he feels like. Fair enough. I just, you know, if I'm thinking of teams that, that can take down the Warriors, as much as nobody wants to say it because I know we're not all sold on them, are you sold on the Bucks? No. You're not sold on the Bucks. I'm sold on the Bucks the way I'm sold on the the Nuggets. Like I I while I love love Yuv, love Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh-huh. I think he is an amazing player. I think he is a top 5 player in this league. Uh there's nobody Chris Middleton, you know, he's a good player, but there's nobody on this team that's proven anything in the playoffs. Their best playoff performer doesn't play and it's Pau Gasol. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's nobody on this team that I look at and say, "Ooh, that guy really scares me." That's not named Giannis. And if you're the Warriors, if you're Boston, you're not really that afraid of, of Milwaukee. Fair enough. Jesse, what do you think, man? What you think? Uh, I, I, I think... I, I, Jesse doesn't care. Uh, yeah, Brad Stevens not, not in the Eastern guy. Conference. Like, uh, I, I think this is sleep. a pretty veteran-laden playoff team. I do actually have a little bit more trust in the Celtics than anybody else in the East based on that. Um, uh Brad Stevens is one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. I think he does it right. I think his players play for him. Uh, and this was just kind of, to, to me, a, a team that I think knew they had enough talent to be good in the playoffs but wasn't necessarily focused in the regular season, kind of the way you see some of these teams that have been there, done that. Like, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like, this team's used to being in the Eastern Conference Finals at this point. Uh, despite the fact that there's a lot of young talent on it, I think they just kind of sleepwalked a little bit in the regular season. They're starting to put it together now in the postseason. And, you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of Kyrie Irving, he is great. He's great. He's one of the best, if not the best, scorers to be able to get his own shot in the NBA. Um, Jason Tatum's amazing. I just think that there's a lot there to get excited about in in the playoffs. Well, I agree. Mm. You know, I, I think the Celtics are probably the team. Uh, to beat in the East. I know a lot of people, a lot of pressure on Milwaukee, a lot of pressure on Philadelphia, but I don't think there's any point. Man, Marcus Greaves, thank you so much for coming to kick it, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. I might have you back here next week if you're able to come. I'm always here, man. You can catch him at Marcus Greaves underscore on Twitter. You can catch me at TaylorMade503 or at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Thank you to everybody who interacted with us on the Better You Today text line 55 Three zero five. Don't follow him on Twitter though, because uh, they they won't follow you back. I've just. Are we still on that? I've just <laughs> followed you back, bro. Uh, I told you all it's going to be NFL season. Uh, yeah, all, all right, that stuff. I'm after got the NFL se- during NFL season. In the draft, I might get up on during the draft. So uh, Thursday, we'll, we'll see. I'm supposed to be out of town on Thursday, Friday. So okay. we'll, we'll see how active I am. But uh, I will be following. You know, the Rashad, well, I'm going to be active. Back. See, there you go. See, jerk. <laughs> I actually will be active. So you can make sure you get at me. All right, for Marcus Greaves, for Jesse Osmond, I'm Rashad Taylor. Happy Easter to everyone. Have a good one. Peace. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Arr.